Welcome to Tarati Mechanach Yomi. My name is Adina Schmidman. Mazel tov on the completion of Sifrei Nevi'im. We are grateful to Mrs. Nechama Wolfson for her generous sponsorship, Le'ilu Nishmas, Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat Alexander Center. So in this culminating parak, what is the final takeaway that the Anche Knesset Hagadola, the men of the Great Assembly, want us to hold on to? One verse in this parak highlights our mission in this world. We conclude our Shemona Esrei each day with these words, Then the offerings of Yehuda and Yerushalayim shall be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of yore and in the days of old. We ask that our offering be pleasing, our learning that connects to Hashem, His people, and His land. As we conclude Sifrei Nevi'im, a year-long journey, we ask you, Hashem, to return us to the days of old and the former years. When we ask Hashem to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash speedily in our days and grant us a portion in your Torah so that we can serve you with reverence. Mazel Tov, and now for today's Perak. Welcome to Torah Timacha, Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Shalvi Friedman, and today we will be studying Sefer Malachi Perakimel. It truly is a schus, a tremendous privilege to be learning the final book of Nevoah with you today. The book of Malachi ends in a very almost Zechariah-esque um, vision in that it focuses on um, the future, it focuses on the time of Mashiach, and there's a lot of themes in this in this parak that are beyond the scope of a short summary in that they're talking about um, understanding Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, etc. But we'll, we'll take a stab at it. The opening, parak, the opening pasuk of the parak mentions three different, perhaps separate figures. The pasuk says, I'm sending my angel, maybe, or Malachi, the name Malachi, or Panaderech. And, and, and the role of this first angel is to clear the path before you. And then we have figure number two, this master will come to the Heichal, to the, to the place, to the Beis HaMikdash. Suddenly, Pitom, suddenly the master will come to the Beis HaMikdash. And who is this master? It's someone that, Asher Atemavakshim, that you're seeking. That's person number two. And person number three is Umalach Habris. And there is a, um, a messenger or an angel of the covenant, Asher Atem that you desire. He by behold, he came, Hashem says. So there's three different people. There's the first angel, whose role it is, it seems, to clear the path. Then there's this Adon that you seek, who will arrive suddenly. And then there's the Malach Habris that you are um, desiring. So who are these three figures? According to Rashi and many others, the role of the first angel, this idea of Panaderech, clearing the way, the angel is going to destroy the wicked. And so much of the theme of this peric is the question of Tzadik Varala. Why do the righteous um, suffer? And why do the wicked prosper? And in that sense, the, the parak opens and it says, Hashem one day will send someone, a messenger who will destroy the wicked. Maybe, according to others, that is Moshiach ben Yosef, the heralder of Moshiach ben David is ultimately going to bring about the final redemption. Um, perhaps um, the, the Adon, this master who's being a Rashi seems to understand, is also going to be the master meaning Hashem, but it's specifically Hashem's name of Mishpat, of judgment. So it's just like the angel is going to destroy the wickedness, it'll come in the name of, or the called by Hashem, who will, who will at the end of day, um, um, bring upon just bring upon the world justice and punishment for the wicked. And then Malach Bris, the angel of the covenant, Hashem will reestablish his covenant with us. 
Others suggest that this angel of covenant is actually Eliyahu Hanavi. We know that Hashem makes a bris shalom, a covenant of peace with Pinchas um, in the Chumash, who, according to the, the Kabbalistic understanding, is a Gilgal, it's a reincarnation of, of um, Eliyahu is a reincarnation of Pinchas, actually. Um, maybe, um, and we know that Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, is... Um, he, he's zealous, he's upset, he has kina about the fact that the people of Ephraim are not doing a bris milah. And maybe that's why we make reference to Eliyahu Hanavi at the bris. It makes sense to say that this malach bris, this angel of the covenant, is Eliyahu Hanavi because we will, as we'll see at the end, um, the whole book of Malachi ends with an explicit reference to Eliyahu Hanavi. However, I'd like to focus on the Abarbanel's reading of this pasuk because I think the Abarbanel is very beautiful. He says the, the he says the people of the time are living in a world which is incredibly disappointing, and we've discussed this in Haggai and Zechariah. That these are people who had perhaps seen the first base Hamikdash, where there was fire coming down from heaven. There was Urim Vitumim. There was the there was um, 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 Nevoa. There was prophecy. There were all sorts of miracles that occurred in the time of the second base first base Hamikdash. And suddenly the second base Hamikdash comes and it's disappointing. It's uninspiring. It doesn't have the Urim Vitumim. It doesn't have the explicit miracles. And the people are so despondent. And to comfort them, Hashem says, don't worry, I've sent Malachi. Malachi here is not a reference to the um, an, an angel or someone who's going to destroy wickedness, but says that Barbadell, it means Malachi the prophet. Hashem says, don't worry, I know that you're despondent, but there is still prophecy. Look, I've sent Malachi for you, and he'll clear the way for you and give you a sense of what the future is going to look like, the future of time. And don't worry, suddenly Hashem will once again appear. Pitom, suddenly Yavo, it will appear. Who will come? Ha'adon, Hashem. And I know you're yearning and longing for a time where Hashem's Shechina will once again rest in this world in a tangible way, like it did in the time of the first temple. And you're longing for Hashem's Shechina, Hashem's presence. Hashem says, don't worry, that will happen again. It'll happen, but it's going to happen suddenly. Pitom, you're going to turn around and one day Mashiach's going to be here. One day the revelation of Hashem will once again be in the world. And then what happens? Says the Abarbanel, he points out this Malach Habris, the angel of the covenant that you are yearning for. If you look at the verse, it says, Hine ba, it came. Came is past tense. And he says, says that Barbanel, this is a reference to a previous angel of the covenant. This is, you've already seen a Malach Habris, you've already seen Hashem appear to us in a tangible form, in the miracles, in the prophets, in Moshe Rabbeinu, in Shlom, and all of these previous miracles. So it shouldn't be so surprising to you that one day he will come again. So it's a comfort, this Pasuk, not about the time of Mashiach, but a comfort to the people of that generation to say, you have Malachi, don't worry, and you will have future miracles, just like you've had them in the past. Um, and the Pasuk continues, and, and, it, and it gives a vision, of, the Peric continues, and it gives a vision of the future, and we're going to skip to Pasuk Dalad. Pasuk Dalad really begins <clears throat> the Haftarah for Shabbos Hagadol, the Shabbos before Pesach, um, which has, and there, a lot of the themes that come up here are, are about offering up sacrifices, are about um, maybe some of the Pesach themes also. Um, but Pasuk Dalad is also important because it appears in the davening. It appears twice in our Siddur. Once at the end of the Amidah, um, and once at the end of the reading of Korbanos, um, just before Pesuket de Zimra, 
Um, and the reason why is perhaps if we look at the Pasuk, it'll be pretty clear. The Pasuk says, It will one day be, Arev means to be sweet, right? Just like we say in the beginning of the Torah, brachas, Hashem, make the Torah sweet to us. Um, it will one day be sweet, the mincha, the korbanos of Yehuda and Jerusalem and Yerushalayim, just like they used to be in days of old, just like they used to be in previous years. So it, it really is an inherent part of the Amida process to acknowledge, and we do this at the end, that the Amida, the davening that we do today is in parallel to the sacrifices which were offered in the temple. And so too, the reading of the korbanos, the reading of the sacrifices is in parallel to those sacrifices. Um, but the, the commentaries point out that there's two times that are referred to. The one is Kime Olam, previous days, and the other one is Kashinim Kadmanios, also previous times. So there seems to be two separate different times. And one Midrashic interpretation of these times is that it's talking about Kime Olam is the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. In the time of the Mishkan, they offered sacrifices and they were wanted and they were desirable to Hashem. And the Shanim Kadmanios was the time of Shlomo HaMelech, who equally offered good and beautiful sacrifices. And Hashem says again, even though the second base Hamikdash doesn't seem to be a time where Hashem is making fire come down from heaven to accept those sacrifices, one day in the time of the third base Hamikdash, they will be sweet again, just like they were in the time of the Mishkan and in Bayes Rishon. Um, however, there's another understanding, which is that Kime Olam is talking about the time of Cain, and Kashanim Kadmanios is, sorry, Kime Olam is talking about the time of Noach, Noach who offered a sacrifice to Hashem straight after he came out of the ark, and Kashanim Kadmanios, like the years of old, is a reference to Cain and Hevel, Cain and Hevel who also offered a sacrifice. And I think the significance of these two times and the Meshachachma points this out, the time of Noach and the time of Cain and Hevel are not just times where people offered sacrifice, but there were times where there was no idol worship. People were offering sacrifices and there was no alternative. Noach was the only person in the world. Cain and Hevel were the only people in the world. There was nobody else who was saying, yes, but let's also worship other gods. But there's something else here. And the Meshachachma points out the word ve'arva means not just to be sweet, but it also means to be mixed up. It's the sweetness that comes from mixing two things together. And says the Meshechachma, when we get to the point where there's unity, where different people from different times and different places can unify, can mix together, va'arva, can become mixed up and sweet, then we will be like the time of Cain, the time of Hevel, the time of Noach, where there was no animosity. This was just before Cain and Hevel's animosity, just before things became disparaging. When we get to a place of peace, of unity, that's when Hashem will be happy with us. And that's why Pasuk Vav Hashem says, Ki ani Hashem. I am Hashem Losh Shanisi. I have not changed. Hashem says, don't worry, even though it seems right now that things are bad, I will, I will bring about justice for the for the wicked people. However, Vatem B'nai Yaakov, you, B'nai Yaakov, Lokalisem, you have not been, um, you will never be destroyed. And this maybe is the national anthem for what the Jewish history going forward, for exile, where Hashem says, I am Hashem, I'm going to give it, but I'm going to punish the wicked. You will see punishment of the wicked, but at the same time, Lokalisem, you will also not see yourself destroyed. And we have this, this dichotomy when we look at, um, Jewish history, we see tremendous, tremendous suffering, and at the same time, we see the hope that we're still here. Um, and this theme is spoken about again in Pasuk Zion, where Hashem says, um, Shuvah Eli Aleichem. Do to Shuvah, and I will return to you. Jewish history is going to be full of punishment, but that's not because I've given up on you, it's because I really am waiting and hoping for you to do to Shuvah. 
and the people of those that generation turn to Hashem and they say, we haven't done anything wrong. What should we do to shuvah with? And Hashem says, you know what you have done wrong? You've been stealing. You've been stealing from the Kohanim. You've been stealing from other people. And um, you've been taking, instead of giving charity, you're keeping it for yourself. And Hashem points out, if you look in Pasuk Tess, he says, mm-hmm. He says, and you're being cursed because of it. You're being cursed because of the stealing that you're doing. He says, it's not serving anybody, right? Being a, being, being a selfish person doesn't just hurt the per- people who you could give to. It also hurts yourself. But Hashem promises, if you do Teshuvah, and if you... Um, give back the money that you've been holding, withholding from others. Then what happens? I will open the floodgates of blessing into the world, and atem eretz and you will once again be in a desirable land. If this parak is dealing with the question of why do why do people suffer, and what, when is Hashem going to reward the righteous? So this fits in so beautifully, where Hashem says. If you are not treating others well, you will not be treated well. But I promise you, if you rectify your ways, if you become givers, I will open up the floodgates of blessing to you. Um, the parak continues with um, a, um, a, 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 once again, the, the Jewish people turn to Hashem and they say, fine, if you're explaining to us why tzaddik virala, why righteous people are suffering, it's because they've sinned. And if we stop sinning, then we will return to you. Now explain to us, Hashem, explain to us a different question. Rasha Vatovlo, Pasuk Tesvav, they say, it seems to be that wicked people are prospering. They're doing so well, and they're not actually receiving any punishment for that. How do you explain that, Hashem? And Hashem promises, and he says, I know it seems like the wicked are prospering in this world, but I promise you that's not going to be the state of affairs going forward. He says, one day you will see that I will punish the wicked. And here we have once again the, the, the Malachi theme of parent and child. And Hashem says in Pasuk Yod Zion, alehem. I will have mercy on those who have stayed loyal to me. Just as a man has mercy on his son who serves him. And here the Midrash, the, the, the Mepharshim point out Hashem saying, I'll have mercy on everyone who's my child. Don't worry, if you are one of my children, I will have mercy on you. But I will show extra mercy and extra patience with the child who is Oved Hashem, who serves Hashem. And then you will see, as Pasuk Yudcheh says, You will see the difference between a righteous and a wicked person. You will see the difference between he who serves Hashem and he who doesn't. In other words, right now in the world that we're looking at, it's not easy to see, Hashem says. But don't worry, just like our Perak opened and said, one day there's going to be justice. There'll be the destruction of the wicked. There'll be a revelation of God. At that time, when there is a revelation of God, suddenly with clarity, we will see who deserves Hashem's patience and who doesn't and the peric ends with the final moments of nevoah this is it it's those final seconds the last hug the last squeeze that we receive from hashem and after this there's going to be radio silence hashem says i know you're not going to hear from me for thousands of years there'll be no blue ticks um, in our whatsapps there's not going to be any connection and you're going to turn you're going to say where are you hashem but don't worry hashem says remember the torah of moshe my servant which I gave you at Chorev, at, at Har Sinai. In other words, Hashem says, I know you won't hear from me actively through prophecy, 
But after Malachi has, has left, after there's no more prophecy, you're not going to hear from me. But don't worry, because you have evidence of prophecy. You have all the information you need. I've pre-recorded it. All my love for you is jam-packed into these pages and pages and pages of love letters. You know what they're called? They're called Torah Moshavdi, the Torah of Hashem. All you need to do is open up that Torah, open up that Tanakh, and you'll see my love for you, my answers to you, my connection to you pouring from those pages. And then Hashem promises famously, and this is another Pesach reference, which is maybe another reason why we read this um, on Shabbos Hagadol. Hashem says, I'm sending Eliyahu the prophet before you. Um, and his job is, He will return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Here we have, obviously, Malachi is going to end with the reference of the parent-child relationship. And there's a beautiful midrash, which the Abarbanel points out. The midrash that, The word sholeach here can be connected to a different mitzvah of sending. Not just sending, Hashem is sending Eliyahu Hanavi, but we have a mitzvah of sending away the mother bird. And the question, it seems so bizarre that these two would be connected. But the understanding, perhaps, and the Barbanel hints to this, is that, the, that we send away the mother bird because we acknowledge the deep and intrinsic relationship that the mother bird has with their children. So too, Eliyahu's role in heralding in the time of Mashiach is to connect the hearts of parents and children, the inherent relationship between parents and children. And, says that Barbanel, by sending away the mother bird, we acknowledge that even though we're taking the eggs, we're taking the chicks, the mother will have a chance to reproduce, to continue to exist in the world and flourish in the world. We're not allowed to cut out the line of the mother, just like we can't kill a cow and its calf on the same day. So too, Hashem says, if we recognize the importance of the parent-child relationship, of link, being the next link in the chain, of bringing about another link and another link and another link, then we also will ensure that we are here for all eternity. And maybe that's this double role of Eliyahu Hanavi. On the one hand, to reinstill that parent-child relationship, and on the other hand, to bring about through that eternity of the Jewish people. And it's so meaningful that this program, the program of learning Nach together is called Torah Mecha, the Torah of your mother, of your parent. And we finish Nevoa, where we're learning Nach together with this idea of the parents and the children sitting and learning together to return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Chazak, chazak, venis chazek. Thank you so much for um, studying together. Le'ilu nishmat, um, Riva Schwab, Rivka Bat, Alexander Sender.